Questers, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of a Soul's Quest podcast. We have a very special guest today. I'm your host, Jesse. This is my co-host, Omar. Hey, everybody. And our very special guest is coming from us virtually. Correct. Yeah. From Long Island. And his name is Rolando Castro. Oh, yay. Okay. I thought you were going to say it with me, but that's all right. Oh, okay. okay. Sorry. In unison. In that's unison. Right. Sorry. Anyways. Thank so Rolando, oh, thank you for joining us we're super i'm, I'm we're, we're honored i know i said that before but we're super honored <laughs> are you excited yes i'm very excited yeah so are we obviously you know i'm excited so all right so rolando do you want to say tell talk about who he is or no no why don't we have him talk about who he is so like let's start let's start there so what we usually do with our interviews is we are, you know, you know, the whole soul's quest, you know, what we're about and what we're doing and what we want to do with you is the same thing that we do with our other guests. We want to find out more about you. And so we'll just dig right in. Omar always says that I just go right to business. So I'm going to get right into business. So <laughs> where, cool. and there you go. So where are you from? Where were you born? I was born in Queens, Jamaica hospital. Okay. And, um, I was just really uh, for like about a month. And then I was basically sent to El Salvador after that. And I lived there oh. until I was about six years old. Okay. And um, then I came back here and it was um, kind of like, you know, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what New York was about. And it kind of mm -hmm. just, it was you know, like everybody else that comes here, it's like, whoa, you know, big yeah. buildings, skyscrapers and stuff like that. So um, it was pretty cool, but it was uh, kind of, um, you know, a lot of uh, not knowing exactly what was going on. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I didn't know if I was going to be in New York forever or if I was going to go back. So it was kind of like uh, just take it in and go with it kind of mm -hmm. thing. But that's mm -hmm. really, you know, what uh, a little bit about myself of where where I was born and, you know, how I grew up is basically, you know, I was born here, but just lived in El Salvador until I was five or yeah. six and came back here. What do you remember about that time, that childhood in El Salvador as a young as a young person, you know, um, having been brought up over there for those six years? Um, amazing uh grateful and uh kind of like scared at the same time mm -hmm. you know um it always reflects back till now to this day you know i always uh kind of uh, i'm a big analyzer so i okay. reflect a lot on the way i grew up to the way i handled my things even to now to this day so mm -hmm. um yeah what I lived over there, it was, like I said, it was awesome. But at the same time, I went through a lot of scary moments in my life where I thought that, you know, mm -hmm. I could have lost my life. Okay. And, um, that those can, you, the, can, you, 
Can you explain to that? Because that's um, um, from me knowing your, us knowing your story. Um, can you take us through that part? Because, you know, losing your life uh, and feeling that threat at a young age. What, what's the background? What's the setting for that? Uh, sure. Yeah. Um, my grandfather was in the military. Um, the reason why I actually went to El Salvador was because my father got deported and mm -hmm. um, he was actually detained and he actually went through the states down all the way to El Salvador. They didn't uh, at that time, they didn't um, use planes and they would take them in trains. So oh, wow. my dad lived through a lot and, you know, a big struggle through that. And of course, you know, leaving us. Well, me and my mom, and um, I basically lived out there with him while he worked, and he tried to get his stuff to get back out here. And my grandfather was, at this time what that I'm talking about was during the Civil War. The Civil War in my country mm -hmm. was about 12 years long. So, wow. yeah, um, and I was born in 86. So the things that I've seen were just crazy um at first like i said uh, my beginning ages from what i remember it was great i my mom um, my grandma always kind of was a hustler uh she had her store a little store at her house and you know she would cook and she would sell like chips and stuff like that and mm -hmm. um i remember all of that stuff and just I would actually give food to kids and let them run away with it because I knew the struggle, how it was at that time. And, you know, I, I was also not, you know, I didn't have Jordans. I had one pair of shoes for a whole year. And, um, you know, my mom tried her hardest. She had three jobs. You know, she would send me money to, for, you know, for stuff that I needed. Mm -hmm. But, um, I, um, Talking about my, like, the things that I seen towards death was, you know, I was um, about four or five and I was playing the marbles and mm -hmm. I was in my grandfather's yard at the house and he had made a big metal door and mm -hmm. it was literally, it was new. My, my dad, I remember arguing with my dad because he thought that it was not a good idea and stuff like that, but he ended up doing it. And I just remember that. Um, there's this guy that was at the top of a mountain and he had a grenade and he threw it where wow. I was at. So oh, what wow. saved me was the fact that the grenade landed in front of the door and not in behind the door, because if it would have landed behind, I don't know, maybe I wouldn't be here to tell the story. But um, yeah. when the grenade exploded, you know, the the shells and stuff like that landed on the door. I still remember this so clearly. And at such a young age, which is crazy sometimes to me. But yeah. um, I remember that my grandma took me from my shirt and just threw me inside the house. And after that, I just remember hearing bullets just going through the house. Like, you know, just. Oh, wow. Yeah. Just breaking through, through the, through the, because um, we had cinder blocks and it was just going right through the cinder blocks into the house. Yeah. And I was scared because I didn't, I couldn't hear my dad. I couldn't hear my grandma. And, you know, my grandfather wasn't around. Mm -hmm. So those were one of those moments that I was just, you know, wow. You know, it's just yeah. from one minute to another. And then aside of all the other things that at that time that I seen, like I said, it was a lot of poverty. And anywhere you went, 
it was death threats that, you know, you just, you mm. know, getting in a bus and people trying to rob you, mug you. And at that time, they were even burning, um, they were bur- burning um, buses or microbuses, right? Right with people yeah. in front. Like, they would rob them and then burn them. And, you know. Wow. What the people were inside. The people that were inside, yeah. Really? So it was really crazy at these times when, when you know, when I used to go around there. Um, my grandfather's brother got, you know, pretty much taken out of a bus and about eight to ten soldiers just unloaded on him. And that's how he was murdered. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, a lot of my friends, they're not even here now. Most of them are just mm-hmm. gone, you know. Um yeah, like I seen a lot of things that just people there was no there was no um safety and there was just no something that uh we're blessed here in the states yeah. that we have freedom mm-hmm. and you know mm-hmm. we can call the cops and anything like that that happens out there out there it was just different at that time, you know. There was yeah, no help like yourself. that. Yeah. Yeah. And so how did your 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 grandfather, your grandmother, and your dad, how did they deal? What happens after that attack? I'm I'm assuming the attack was because he was part of the military. Well, it was just at that time it was just at a random you would just the you know, people would come and you would shoot us would just go on with military mm-hmm. and stuff like that. What um I don't know the reason why they attacked us honestly to this day but I do know that there was times that we would have to hide my grandfather's stuff and my grandma yeah. would you know it was like a 30 second rule and they would come and you know they would search through people's houses just to find anything and if you know they did you know fortunately things would happen mm-hmm. but um yeah those are the type of things that I lived that and, uh, you know, after that, my father and my grandma and my grandpa, they decided to move up a little bit, you know, more away from that. And um, we did. They ended up getting the house where they're actually at now. And, you know, everything's been great since then. You know, um, like I said, there's a lot of like pain, but there's a lot of also love for my country, for that country. I say my country because, you know, what I lived there. And everything that I saw, you know, it just, it made me appreciate life, but it also made me appreciate appreciate that country also. You know, I, I like yeah. I said, I consider it a home when I go, you know, mm-hmm. it's like a second mm-hmm. home. Yeah. What about your friends? And uh, you mentioned that you, there's a lot of friends that you have back then that are no longer alive and no longer in there. Yeah. Um, when you go back and you see the families and 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 you see where they are, how does how does that make you feel? I feel um, blessed, man. I feel blessed that I got my family. I feel blessed that I'm here. You know, um, you know it, and I feel bad for everybody that goes or is living in that struggle. And it's going through mm-hmm. worse things like that. You know, those are that those are the type of things that I think about. That's just like I said, that's just yeah. the way that that country made me see things to this day. And that's how I you know, even sometimes like I even get mad at my wife, you know, just like for letting the water run because I know what it was to go out <laughs> and go to I, we would have to wait sometimes with my grandma and my uncle's neighborhood. 
um, that was another place yeah. like where I saw a lot of nasty things because in my uncle's neighborhood was more like gang affiliated and stuff like that. And that's where I like, I seen a lot of killings and stuff like that. And, um, that is, like I said, is what made me like see that first of all, gang wasn't for me and I love my mm-hmm. life to not, you know, get, um, you know, uh, to not go out like that. Like a lot of them do. Right. Mm-hmm. To choose that path. Yes. Yeah. Were you ever recruit? Were you ever try to be recruited by any of them? No, honestly, I can't really say that I, I, I ever did. Um, at that time, I used to hang around with my cousin a lot, which was my uncle's son, and um, mm-hmm. he was very well known in the area, and that's why I was able to be around these kind of things sometimes because, you know, obviously they could tell when you're not from around there. And stuff like that mm-hmm. but um at mm-hmm. that time you know like i said my my cousin's friends he was um very well known in that area let's just say mm-hmm. so yeah everybody in that area knows everybody you know you literally live face to face like this house faces the other house and it's like yeah it's like small communities the the sections are like blocks so you know um it's you know it's that's how everybody knows each other there so when new new faces yeah. come, so, you know you're you 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 stick out. You stick out, yeah. yeah. Okay. So I have uh, two questions. I think so. One. So it sounds to me from what you've explained that um, you have a greater appreciation for life yeah. because of what you went through while you were living there, yeah. and then seeing so much death and being exposed to that. Um, I can only imagine that you're 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 yourself and then also your family you know your your grandparents whatnot must have lived um in this state of like altered like heightened fear like daily yeah did that like affect you or did they kind of protect you from that or what i don't was that sort of an underlying um honestly to tell you the truth i admire them because there was never a a a moment that looked like uh, like they were scared like my grandma mm. my grandfather you know obviously the military but my grandmother is a very sh- like straight face kind of person like my father people that know me always say that you know I, I i don't really smile like my father but it's like mm-hmm. that dead look that it's just nothing phases them and you know i always mm-hmm. admired that and you know i looked up to that and to this day i still do because it was, um, you know, I would be paranoid as taking my kids out and we would have to, but the things that, those are the things that you do to live out there and you have to take these risks because if not, you don't live, you don't eat, you don't, you don't provide. Yeah. And, you know, these are the things that, yeah. you know, that's why, you know, I'm thankful. And like I said, what your everyday job is to go a nine to five, there's people in other countries that are just, doing worse like they're living in worse circumstances that a nine to five would probably be a better source for them than their living circumstances if that makes any sense mm-hmm. yeah. no yeah, it does it does make, make perfect sense and yeah. uh and, and then to, just to be able to see that and 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 it gives you a different appreciation for what you have absolutely a different perspective a different perspective yeah, definitely a, a question for you in terms of uh, at that time you know your father uh, was deported, um, and your mother was back in the states. 
how what was your relationship like with your your dad who was there with you during those that young age and then your mother who was away how how was the difference how how were the, the those relationships well, let's start with your dad since it was closer to you um i'm honestly i i don't want to like i don't want this to look bad on my father because it's not it's just i didn't have my mom and my dad at all when i was young mm -hmm. you know his mentality was i need to get to new york i need to get my son out there i need to find a way and it was work 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 and i hardly got to see him my mom same thing mm -hmm. and my father actually has um i have three two brothers and a sister from my father's side and um mm -hmm. at that time he had communication with his son and um his son, his name is Marito. At that time, that was one of my closest kind of bonds that I had to a father figure other than my grandfather, mm -hmm. because my grandfather was okay. like my dad. He took me to school. He did everything that a father would do in that sense that, you know, he guided me. He, um, he read every day the Bible to me. And yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, every night he would read the Bible to me. We would, you know, we would see my grandma. I would go with him, go get to to the to the market, go get food, come back. His his job. His, my grandparents' life was crazy. Like they were up from four in the morning to ten o'clock at night. Like it was it was that amount of hours that we used to put in. And you know, you know, like I said, my grandfather would get up open the doors, you know, go to the market, get the food, get everything ready while my grandma was, you know, preparing everything. By that time, it was like six, you know, then start um, serving breakfast. And then after that, you start preparing for lunch. And then after lunch, you start preparing for dinner and people are constantly mm -hmm. coming in and out. And it was like a nonstop thing. Like, <laughs> and I think yeah. that's where I get that hustle from that I just don't yeah. want to stop. I just, you know, and it's all, it's based on that, what I saw, what I lived through and, um, and the work ethic, yeah, that they exactly. had. the work ethic that was behind it, because man, it's, yeah. you got to be strong to do things like on an everyday basis, Monday through Monday, you know? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Monday through, wow. Monday through Monday. Opening up <laughs> for crazy. business, you know, like it was a nonstop thing. And at that time there was a precinct that was, it, there still is a precinct that's like around the corner. So during lunchtime, mm -hmm. all breakfast, lunch, and dinner, they would come to, to eat and then, you know, back on their shifts. And then aside from everybody else from the neighborhood that would come, you know, so so they run a restaurant. It it's, it's a, it, yeah, I guess you could say a restaurant to our in in our here in what New York, the you know in the states, what they would see it as. Yeah, it's like a restaurant, but it's really mm -hmm. at your own in your home place, and you section off an area mm -hmm. and you sell there, and you basically sell whatever it is that you want. And you know, obviously, my grandma just. I don't know if it was that she liked to cook. It was just that. You know the hustle like i said it was that that was what she just didn't yeah. have the store she cooked also and she you know i guess she looked at the opportunities that were out there and she took advantage you know yeah yeah, yeah. i mean and that's that's making something out of exactly. nothing yeah definitely right it's like she took the 
she took the the what she had and made something from it to be able to provide for you and provide for the family. And that's something that's very commendable. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's big time. That's that's like amazing. So you go you you come back here when or to the states when you were six yeah. is what you said, right? And you come back with your father? Um no, I, I came back, back and then well yeah, and my 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 dad came um after I came first okay. and then my dad came after and this is why you know um there was just favors that were done and that from my dad that I appreciate so much that is the reason why mm -hmm. he's out here and he was able to come yeah. back out here the the legal way and you know take that stuff mm -hmm. off his chest and be able to be here freely um it was it yeah. was it was great you know but um that that greatness only lasted for a little bit because like i said um then the life here okay. was just a whole different other turn you know i didn't have them here and it was just kind of like you got to figure it out and just figure it out because yeah. they didn't know how to speak english that well um i barely mm -hmm. i was learning you know and There was a lot of responsibility at that time that, you know, with school and keeping up. And I know it was frustrating with my parents as well. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, but like I said, uh, they both of them were just two to three jobs a day. And mm -hmm. um, I would uh, either have my cousin, my uncle or my grandma take care of me during those days. Like, you know, on, on mm -hmm. the regular, I was like just hopping between them on the regular basis. Yeah. Yeah. And how were those uh those formative years moving back to 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 New York City? I I'm, I'm you moved down to Queens, uh, New York, and you had to kind of like get reacclimated to the a new culture, a new way of living. Um how, how how did that transition felt? It was crazy too. It was um a lot of emotions. Um I'm not going to say I miss El Salvador in that sense because I was kind of like glad that I didn't have to be worried for my life and that, you know, mm -hmm. I didn't have to be looking over my back. But at the same time, it was the same thing, just in a different mentality. Mm -hmm. And it was a different society. Like it was yeah. rough where I was from. I went to one of the tell, baddest. Tell us Tell us about that area. Tell us about Queens, New York, in the and I'm assuming this is their early, late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, take, early 90s. Take, take us to that time, early 90s. Man, um, it was uh, at least in my area, it was just rough because it was like you had to be known, and if you wasn't known, okay. you had a rough spot trying to be, get people or respect from people, and um. Mm -hmm uh so many things like the one that doesn't bed crazy on me that reflected a, that took a big toll on my life too was that um where we lived at was a basement and i hated that basement because mm. we had no windows no nothing you didn't know <laughs> if it was morning or or night in that place and um oh, the wow. crazy thing about That's it terrible. was that there was a lady that her name was rosa and she was a puerto rican lady mm -hmm. and she had a old uh, she had a son And um, 
his son's name was Jose and he was much older than me. I, when I was like, you know, in my, when I was like seven, he was already in high school. So he would fool around with me mm -hmm. and like, he was really cool. He was like a young kid that just, he was really, really a nice, like not a bad kid. Didn't mess with bro crowds and stuff like that. But unfortunately his family was just dysfunctional. And unfortunately they were the owners mm -hmm. of that, um, building and we I used to hear this lady scream every day because you know he would be her and stuff like that and I'm talking about like mm. kicks to kicks to the face like type stuff like it was rough man and I you know at that time I'm like leaving guns and 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 bombs yeah. to go into hearing people cry like you know how like like how do I say this like if you ever know about pigs and stuff like that, you're going to, you know, when you kill it and stuff like that, like that's how it, it's, it, it felt to me. It was like the crying for yeah. sorrow that nobody can do nothing. And yeah. it's like, wow. it, it was rough on me because I didn't know how to take it. I just, the way that I took it was just that some, this lady needs help. And, you know, her, his son yeah. or her son, once once he graduated, he left. Like, he went to the military and he was out. He he left them and, you know, mm. he did his own life. And he stayed there. I don't know whatever happened to him. And I'm pretty sure he did a good life for himself. But I never saw him after that. And I lived in that basement for quite some yeah. time until I moved um, to another part of Jamaica. But... Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, that was that. That was one of the things that really that that aside from everything that I was facing at that time in the streets, I was facing that at night. So that was like a everything yeah. day. So I felt so an entrapment, you know, because I can't go outside that much because you know I used to have to. I I didn't have no bus. I didn't have, um, you know, like any help in that sense. I had to find everything myself. You know, it took me a while to even get mm -hmm. the bus fares from, from, you know, um, I, I ended up actually getting that in junior high. But when I was in elementary, yeah. I used to have to walk no. about, I don't know, maybe more than five miles just to get to my, my school. Yep. Like, um, wow. and as a kid, like, you know what I'm saying? Like the responsibility was on me. It was like, my parents were out of the house. Like, I had to walk, yeah. you know, my grandma sometimes would help mm -hmm. me, but at that, you know, she was, you know, at, at her age. And at the same time, she had her responsibilities, you know, that she needed to do. So, you know, I would have to walk all these yeah. things and, you know, I got jumped a couple of times. I got, you know, stuff stolen yeah. from me a couple of times. Um, I seen people, mm -hmm. you know, like fights and stuff like that. Um, one of my friends, that actually was really close with me. Isaiah was um, one day also leaving. One day we left school and I usually would go with him. And that day that I didn't go with him, he ended up getting stabbed under the bridge. And it was like all wow. these things that, you know what I'm saying? Like, and it was just, man, like it just, yeah. it takes a toll on you and you got to be strong in order to yeah. get, you know, not let these things affect you in a sense that, you know, yeah. That you keep going, yeah. that you keep, you know, moving through. How, through all this stuff and, you know, um, walking to school, seeing all these things, coming from one environment to the other, 
How, how were you in school and how were you able to focus in school? That was my question. Oh, I was going to ask. Um, right. st stop living inside of my brain. <laughs> That's the bad thing. I'm <laughs> Crazy. It's a, okay? it's a dangerous Thank place. You. It is. It's it's crazy. I, I just do like this. <laughs> um, Great minds think alike. I yeah. like that. Rolando, we'll leave it with that. So yeah, so go ahead. How was the how how was your schooling? How do you focus on that? And and how was that experience? Oh man. Going through all this stuff. Uh, I'm gonna tell you right now, my schooling was horrible. I not that I hardly went mm -hmm. to school, but I wasn't there and it was like my elementaries was like basically skidding by. And um, I actually got left back in first grade when um, because of the difficulties mm -hmm. I had with the English and stuff like that. But um, yeah. that one that one was rough. And um, junior high is when I really kind of just went. It all went downhill because. I mean, I literally, mm -hmm. you would sit in class and there would be kids listening with their headphones on. The teacher would be talking and they would, this was like what Queens was at that time in my, in my school. It was, there was just, the education was there for whoever wanted. If you wanted it, take it. If not, mm -hmm. I don't know if you want me to tell oh, well. you, which I was a, like, I was stunned at the fact that you know, I was passing because I'm just like, holy shit, like, how is this happening? <laughs> and well, obviously yeah. you wanted it, right? You, you, you were there, you were, you were doing what you yeah, could. But it was just to show up, you know, it was just like, there was no, mm -hmm. um, like I didn't, um, I don't know how to explain it. Like I just, I saw what people around me were doing and I was like, mm -hmm. is this really like worth it? Like, What's what's the point of me going to school when it looks like if you're dressed like a geek, you're going to get beat up and when you're dressed like a thug, yeah. you're going to be OK. So I was like, I don't understand yeah. it. I was like, I'm coming from a place where you don't want to be a thug because you could get killed. But education uh -huh. is the key out the way out. But in here it was like in my in where I was from, it was just the opposite. It was like, what? Like you you studying like. The, you know what I'm saying? It was like, mm -hmm. it was like that. And it was, that's where I kind of like went downhill with that after, after junior high. And I was like, man, you know what? Forget this school thing. This ain't for me. I'm, yeah. I'm trying to survive no, right now. And you know, yeah. I, the, the people that I was hanging around with were like, you know, not that they weren't good people, but there was a lot of freedom there, you know? And uh, yeah. I had a friend of mine that, you know, Michelle, if she hears this, you know, she's probably going to laugh. But uh, she's one of my closest <laughs> best friends that I got. And um, she used to have at that time, like a house that her parents were split up. So mom would work. And, you know, basically sometimes she'd be like, hey, you want to come to the house? And her mom would have drinks there and stuff like that. You know, bottles and us as bad little kids, you know, we would start drinking the bottles and sometimes fill it up with mm -hmm. water. And you know what I'm saying? Like, it was, yeah. it, we were just, we were reckless. <laughs> we were just, I don't know. We were just, mm -hmm. we weren't bad kids though. You know, we weren't stealing. We weren't like, you know, and we yeah. just having fun with it. Yeah. yeah. Plus also, I mean, a lot in that time, again, you're coming from a place in which um, your parents worked so hard to get you here, to get an education, uh, to get you from a dangerous environment. But then you end up going back to an environment that is uh, similar. 
So you start having this disconnect between the two things. So that that's something that that you know that kind of like plays tricks exactly. in a person's mind. What, during this time, was was there any any uh, person, um, like from the school or or anybody that that you gravitated towards or gravitated towards you? To kind of like give you, was there anybody that took an interest on you um, in the school setting while you were there? Nah, man, I'm telling you, it was like, it was kind of like, I don't know, like, what's the right word to say, but it was like, uh, it was, there was no help. There was just, like mm-hmm. I said, everybody was just worried about, it. like, it felt like, you know, the teachers were just about their money and it was like, you like i said it's like if you want to learn you know you learn if not then it's a, it's on you and yeah that was like the really hard part for me i guess that since there was no mm-hmm. i find it in life that when there's no rules sometimes we are we tend to go out of boundaries sometimes and yeah. that's exactly mm-hmm. what i yeah. think i did at that age and that state of mind that you know now i regret i should have just paid more attention in school and i should have just focused more in in the things that but i'm not complaining you know it, it got me where i'm at now and you know mm-hmm. i'm not stupid but i i learned things i learned things the harder way like my dad used to say and instead of yeah. you know going the yeah. easy route yeah, it's a, it's it's learning from experience is the way that I want like to call it. Some people call it the the school of hard knocks, yeah. but yeah, you know, it's yeah. all a matter of perception. I was gonna say it's a matter exactly. What about so that was middle school? So what about high school? Just sort of fast forwarding, how was high school then for you? Oh, high school was another one. Uh, I ended up uh, <laughs> moving from Queens to to Long Island. And now okay. I'm, you know, now I'm living in Queens. I've been in Queens. Now I'm like 15. And now all of yeah. a sudden, you know, I guess because my, my parents saw the type of life that that city life was. And, you know, yeah. like I said, these are the things that I always give it up to them and look up to them for the fact that they always strived for the best. So they ended up buying a house in Long Island and we ended up moving. And that was the summer of me graduating in eighth grade. And I was pissed, man. I couldn't even go to my dance. I was like, yo, we leaving? Like, like it was cold turkey, man. It was like from one day to another. It was like, yeah. oh, get your pack, pack your, your stuff and we're out. And I'm like, what? Like, they were like, yeah. And I was like, yo, you guys didn't no even let me know. I was like, how am I going to like, bail out on school and stuff that they were my mom was like, oh no don't worry you're gonna go to school over there and i'm just like oh, what is going on so you know i hate it so how is that different? Huh? that's a different because long island is different than than yeah, the city God. i'm telling you i hated it i i had that like that city mug face to everybody in long island like people would look at me and be like I just didn't want to talk to nobody. It, it it took me a while to actually make friends in Long Island, but uh, I just I just you know I wanted to be by myself. I was upset that I lost all my friends from there, and um, yeah, it was okay. At, actually, at that time um, in ninth grade, that's when the Twin Towers actually hit too, and you know that was mm-hmm. that was you know at that time, and my father had just gotten his the house and stuff. And um, that was like the most dramatic thing. Other than that, you know, it was uh, nothing crazy. Um, 
school was always kind of like that. Like I said, it was kind of that that city just had that had that vibe from the city that it was just like uh, it was more like not yeah. important. Yeah, yeah. What what do you do in your free time uh, during this during this time? You know, um, in high school where you you weren't as interested in in, in learning in school. Uh, how what was what what do you do during your free time? So. In high school, everything changed in the sense for me that I didn't want to, at an early age, I just wanted to break free. I wanted to just make money and, and do things. And my main mm -hmm. occupation was like getting money and playing basketball. Like sports was my thing. <laughs> and um, at huh. that time, what I ended up doing was that I um this is where I actually met my also my close friend, my best friend, my brother, Edwin, Eddie. And um this is a ninth grade. What's up, Eddie? Yeah, <laughs> shout, shout out to Eddie. Eddie. Um, you know, I, I ended up in ninth grade and I started selling candy. And I would go to like oh, okay. um I would go to like uh Costco and BJ's and stuff like that, and I would buy packs, like big packs of everything. And I was just selling them in school. And I started making so much so money. Funny. You know, Jacob did that. Huh? You know, Jacob did oh, that. Oh, yeah? Jacob. Jake did that. Well, yeah, in high school. That was his That was his. That is, that's pretty hilarious. <laughs> but go ahead. And next Sorry. time I, I, just, next time I see him, I'm going to tell him I did a stepping stone for him. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I used to take him to Sam's Club and we go get all this candy. It was crazy. He used to like pull out this water money. Yeah, I'm was telling you, I, I used to make about 125 to 150 a week. What? Oh, wow. Oh, my God. In high school. Wow. Okay. And then after that, wow. I ended up uh, getting some money from that. And I ended up getting people that like uh, had clothes from Macy's. And I started doing that. That was like basically ever since then. I've just been kind of like that guy that always has like a hustle. Mm -hmm. And when I say okay. hustle, I'm a hustler, but I say that in not in the sense that people think that it's just about selling drugs. I think that a hustler is a dad. I think that a hustler is, mm -hmm. you know, a person that works a nine to five. I think that, you know, mm -hmm. all of us like have that hustler in us. It's just, we just got to find it. Yeah. yeah. And, and you and I have the conversation about the word, right? When I was in when we were, I was in New York last time about there's a negative connotation when it comes to hustler because it has everything to do with uh, something negative and and comes from the streets. Um but the in reality, you know, that the term is an entrepreneur, a mm -hmm. businessman. Um because uh, uh, that's what a businessman does. It's creating something from what they have to be able to maximize and capitalize on their efforts. Yeah. And that's something that's, that's, uh, that's commendable. You know, uh, personally, you know how I feel about the word because I'm going to try to call you a businessman because that is what you are. Entrepreneur. But I understand, um, I, I understand the, the urban uh, connotation when it comes to it, which is something that needs to be cleared out. But that's perfect. That's a perfect thing because, you know, um, if you look at all these entrepreneurs, they're, they're famous entrepreneurs, you know, uh, Jeff Be Bezos was started to sell books, mm -hmm. you know, and, 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 and it's the same premise. So, but yeah, look, that's, that's a very commendable um, trade to have. 
uh, people identify. Yeah. People identify with the hustler, that word too. And they're mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, that's what I, and they see somebody who's successful at monetizing the, their, their ideas, their efforts, yeah. and their efforts and working hard. And they, they respect that person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? So yeah, yeah, definitely. So then you, okay. So just to keep like the flow going. So then in high school, you had your little hustles, you were making money, you were into sports. So you graduate from high school and then sort of what happens in your young adult life now? What's what's happening at this point? Um, then everything kind of got a twisted turn. And um, it was towards my ending of high school, beginning of college. My father ended up with cancer, with lymphoma. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. that shit changed my whole life. And uh, I just remember that I felt embarrassed. And, you know, because I remember that the there was a principal called Gutierrez at that time, and he wanted to get rid of me. He was eager to get rid of me. And, um, you know, he, he was in all his right. He was right. And um, I had showed up to, like, my semester for only, like, five days, which was horrible. Mm, wow. And... Um, you know, I knew I was, I had messed up or whatever, but I felt embarrassed because at that time, that's when I knew that my father had cancer because my mom, he called my, my parents up and, you know, he was ready to expel me and my mom started crying. It was like, yo, you know, give him one more chance, you know, and um, she was like, his father got cancer. And it was like, kind of like, uh, one of those slaps in the face, like kind of things that it was just like, yo, what the f- am I doing? Like, yeah. And um, I think that it was just these these gateways that I just wanted to breach because I just didn't, I didn't want to part, like I didn't want nothing to do with with school. I didn't want um, I just I don't know, man. I was lost at that time. And uh, mm-hmm. seeing him suffering, <clears throat> just, it brought me down. It brought my mom down. My brother, my brother was young at that time. He was a kid, but, mm-hmm. you know, it was, um, seeing him going through that struggle was just bad enough. And, you know, um, we just, I tried my best to just, after that, to, to straighten my life out. And um, just focus on school. And really, you know, that's what made me like, in reality, sometimes I laugh. But, you know, I used to say, like, I'm going to school for my parents. I'm going to school for my parents. And I really was at that time. I just wanted to stop hearing this, yo, you're not going to be anybody kind of thing. And you're just like, you know, what's 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 going to be of you? So... I did it. I, I went for business at first and business administration. And mm-hmm. then after that, I, you know, I, I dropped out of that. And then I ended up going to liberal arts. And then after that, I dropped that. And it was just like, I felt like I was confused with, like I had a brain fog. And it was just like, you know, I had to really sit there and mm-hmm. think about what I really wanted to do, what I liked and stuff like that. And then after that, I found graphic design. After I found graphic design, it was it was just everything after that changed. I just 
my whole mentality mm-hmm. changed. I wanted to do, I wanted to like, you know, do good. Um, it was just, it's what I like, you know? And um, mm-hmm. I just felt like, uh, kind of like a, a gates, like some gate doors opened and it was just like, I, I felt like that was the way to go. And ever since okay. then I've been doing what I've been doing and there was just no more turning back after that. And now I thank them because if it wasn't for them, I would have never found this probably. And I would have never got an education and, you know, I, maybe yeah. my life would have just been different now. Yeah. So your parents pushing you to do this or the fact that you had this mentality that you're going to school for your parents. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. So you were able to go and you, you got your degree. And then what's interesting to me is because a lot of people really end up going to uh, get a degree and they don't really know what they want to do. And they just go and they just get like, for example, they go and get a business degree, but that's not what they really wanted. Mm-hmm. But you had that presence of mind to pause and sort of like really take it and like to think about what do I like, you know, what do I want to do with my, with my life, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And that's interesting because a lot of people don't do that. They don't yeah. have that ability to do that. You know what I mean? So that's, that's interesting that you found something that you're passionate about and you're still passionate about, you know, yeah. which we'll talk about later, but mm-hmm. you know, we were talking about that with another interview. Yeah. Actually. Um, I asked you before about your relationship with your father during through, throughout all this time, and you meant you mentioned that, um, you know he he he's going through now the uh, the cancer, and and they were really really working hard. What about your mother? Can you can you tell us a little bit about your relationship with the mother yeah, during this time? You spent you spent like the first time the per, the first uh, part of your life away from her, and then the second part when you came here, she was always working. So how was that relationship? It was um it was a little rough. Um, you know, a lot of up and downs. Um, my mom's always been a very strong lady, you know. Sometimes I laugh because I, I feel like she's stronger than my dad in that sense, like she's where she's ready for war. <laughs> and um, you know, it it was it was kinda hard. Uh she was always rough on me because I was the oldest and um mm-hmm. she I like her mentality was I'm going to I'm going to be rough on you because you need to be able to handle shit when you get old kind of thing. And mm-hmm. um I respect mm-hmm. that. At that time I didn't I understand what why she was like that, you know. But um now I see, you know, because I see now as a parent, I see now as, you know, as not only a father as a you know, a worker that works a nine to five and does like his side, my, my side business that I do. And it's just, I see why they, you know, sometimes it was frustration there. I see why, you know, because mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, you would, you would a- ask things and you would get an ugly response. And you'd be like, yo, like, why are you upset at the world? But, you know, I understand yeah. now the difficulties and mind you, what I went through was nothing compared to what my parents went through. And, you know, I was, that's why mm-hmm. now as an older person, you know, I think about that. And even, even at my younger age, like I said, because that's something about me that ever since I feel like, you know, how people tell you, you know, Oh, you got an old soul. Like, I feel like, I, mm-hmm. I feel like 
I, I wasn't born with an old soul. I just feel like what I lived through just made me f- now feel like an old soul. Like, I, you know, I'm in my 30s, mid 30s, and I feel like I'm in my 60s, like thinking about, you know, certain things that mm-hmm. I, I probably shouldn't even be thinking about now. But the reason why. What are some of those things? What is that? Yeah. What are some of those things that you think about now that you think you shouldn't like be? Like death and stuff like that. Okay. And, you know, um, health and, and all these things that as a youngster, you know, you're like, oh, I got health. I could do this. I could do that. And then you start noticing. You're like, yo. And, you know, the things around you, like I said, I'm a big observer. I observe everything. You know, I sometimes I even feel, you know, my wife has illnesses. And just like in the past episodes, you know, you guys were talking about lupus and stuff like that. And my wife, you know, you know, you guys know. And these are the things that, you know, sometimes I look and I'm like, yo, she hasn't even done half the things that I've done to my body in, in, in you know, not, not not in a bad way, but just like, you know, drinking at an early age and doing stupid little things like that. And she's been a person that's yeah. been, you know, yeah. at home and, you know, and she gets sick like that. You know what I'm saying is these are the things that I think about. These are the mm-hmm. things that, you know, I'm grateful for. These are mm-hmm. the things that I look into every day, you know. And every day, believe it or not, I get up and my first thing when I'm on my way to work is to think about, to think, I'm going to say God, because like I said, religion does play a role in me, but the higher, the higher above, right? I just, this universe, whatever it is, this energy that, you know, we feel and, and it's inside of us, you know, I, I think, you know, I kind of just like I, I do a, um, a prayer out to the world. You know, it's just like, you know, yeah. to, to keep those people that are in hard times, you know, above, you know, that don't have a, a plate to eat that, you know, are struggling right now that are getting, you know, in, in military war crisis. Like, you know, I think about that every day and I just wish that. The universe will give them at least their break every day for at least, you know what I'm saying? To feel sane for a little bit. Yeah, reprieve. Yeah. yeah. These are the type yeah. of things yeah. that, you know, I to think about. And it's just, like I said, it goes mm-hmm. back, reflects on El Salvador. And it's just because I'm grateful for my life. And I'm just, I know that there's worse things out there than, you know, what we see out sometimes for the regular, you know, everyday Joe. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Okay. Well, I definitely want to explore more about Rolando's life, but I know that we have to come to an end. For this first part, For this yeah. first part, that is. And, and For we the have first a, part of your interview. And we have a lot to dive into on the second yes, one. There's a lot of questions that I, that I personally would like to know and ask yeah, definitely. Uh, from you. I want to do know. some reflecting. So we're going to end at this point. We thank you so much for joining us. And please make sure that you catch us for the next one. Check us out at asoulsquest.com. Goodbye, Soul Questers. I never say goodbye. (laughs) Sorry. Bye, guys. Thank you.